0: uh after a month's long absence we are back with pod is dead the podcast about
1: which is dead it's dead <laughs> hi there i'm rachel i'm brendan and welcome back
0: welcome back
1: yes um
0: under dis- different circumstances i might add
1: uh, what circumstances m- what might that be
0: uh the global pandemic we're currently experiencing
1: tell me more about that
0: um when a mommy and daddy bat really love each other
1: <laughs> they poop
0: they poop and then that poop <laughs> gets mixed in with people food and then that people food um gets
1: eaten by gets a perp- eaten by, by a people
0: yeah i don't know i mean i don't know how viruses are created all i know is what i saw from the movie uh contagion the average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. And as far as I'm aware, uh, it's all Gwyneth Paltrow's fault because people started using goop. I mean, people... That's why.
1: People were saying that since, like, 2005.
0: Gwyneth Paltrow's fault. Yep. Yep. So, thanks, Gwen. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't like you in Iron Man. (laughs) Take that.
1: What the fuck are you doing, (laughs) 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 people? Okay, yes. Um, How have we been doing so far?
0: How have we been doing? Well, um, personally, I I started a new job about four or five weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Doing the same old, same old, although I'm working completely from home now, which is um, kind of a new experience. I've done work from home days before, but um, not like day after day after day after day of work from home. It's different. I think I like it and I think I don't really want to go back to the office. <laughs> I would like to have the option to go back to the office, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it would be nice to like okay, I really got to focus today, you know. I just want to go in the office, get a, go get a pot of coffee and you know, uh, put my headphones on, but it's really nice to not have to go into the office. Yeah. So, what about you?
1: I had a birthday. Woo! I am 23, look at me.
0: 23 prime years old.
1: I am old.
0: USDA prime.
1: I've adopted a child.
0: You've adopted a child. What's your child's name?
1: His name is Sebastian Phillip.
0: Sebastian Phillip. And what type of child is he?
1: He is a penguin. A
0: penguin.
1: Yes.
0: Uh. Yes, your your penguin is, penguin is very cute. Yes. And he, will probably become the mascot of the show.
1: He's over here acting as another... Another uh, sound sound pillow. Sound
0: engineer right now, you know, yes. monitoring our audio right now, <laughs> and will will quack at us if anything goes wrong. Um,
1: um, my, some of you may know I am a teacher at a daycare, and things have been a little nuts there. Um, there's a lot of children that have uh, been pulled out thanks to the quarantine because either. Their parents are not working from home or they can't or they simply can't afford it. And the most recent thing we've started doing is not allowing parents to come into the center itself. So we're they're handing their kids off to us at the front door.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy, like how that's changed, too, because you guys were bustling. I think um, you had like what, eight infants in your classroom.
1: I had eight infants. There were 14 children in the toddler room and at least 25 in the preschool room. Right. At a time, it was always so busy. And now and it's now like what? Eight. Like total. <laughs> eight total, ten. Yeah. Maybe. That's wild. It's, it, it's a, it's nuts. It's in the in a whole new kind of way. Yeah. And I.
0: It's still, it's even more stressful though now, isn't it? Because like, you don't really have much of a backup, right? Because since they let er almost everybody go.
1: Yeah.
0: You're just kind of it. So.
1: Yeah. If I get sick, there's no one to cover for me.
0: Yeah. Which is especially a problem in the middle of like a viral pandemic. You know, people are gonna get sick and you don't want like, you know, infected people working around children, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. But now as far as we're concerned, it's like.
0: Doesn't even matter.
1: No, it's like DoorDash. Yeah. Just leave your kid at the front and ring the bell, and we'll get him.
0: You are officially uh, what? What's the word they're calling them? Essential employees. You're an essential employee. Yes, I am. Yep.
1: Uh, look at me being essential.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. What else?
0: Um. Yeah. So lots of stuff is going on. How's it um, affecting
1: the world a little bit?
0: How? It's uh. So the United States has had uh probably the worst track record on this so far, um, even compared to like Italy, which had a lot of deaths. <laughs> Uh, we're over 50,000 now, and I'm sure by the time people listen to this, it'll be more than that, and by the time this is all over, who knows?
1: Relax. We're doing great. It all will pass.
0: Um, a lot of those numbers, quite frankly, are probably underreported, because they're only counting people who die in hospitals right now, I think. I'm not sure about that, but that's a, that's the way it was in some other countries. Um.
1: about this <sighs> there's a lot of people who, um, probably have it, and, um, aren't staying home because they need the money so badly
0: yeah i mean there's there's a lot of jobs out there that are still there like fast food is considered essential even like liquor stores are considered essential well um well i mean they're open um people gotta people gotta take their medicine you know
1: wine moms don't stop for a pandemic
0: that's right honey I'm going to live, laugh, love my way all the way through this crisis.
1: It's still wine o'clock.
0: I'm sorry that uh, my my only accent for Karen's is uh, like like California like, surfer girl. It's
1: like, like Valley Hillary Valley from- girl. No, yeah, it's like Hillary from uh, Fresh Prince.
0: Seriously? I'm not even touching those. I haven't done my nails yet.
2: I have the sense that life will be empty, hollow, and meaningless.
0: <laughs> um... Yeah, things are different. Like, it's funny because uh, I noticed that when this thing first started, like, traffic really, like, went down. Like, uh, the streets were a lot emptier. It seems almost like it's back to normal now, which I don't fully understand where people are coming or going. Because we straddled the line between uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. And, like, they both still have, like, you know, shelter-in-place orders. So, um, yeah. the, you know, everything's closed Restaurants are open, but, like, only for for, uh, pickup Mm -hmm. and delivery. Um, I guess grocery stores are still open. But still, like, there's there's a lot of, um, like, tech workers in the Minneapolis area, a lot of, like, white-collar type jobs. And you'd think with them being off the road that, you know... Look a little more like a ghost town. But we were driving today and like we almost ran into like a traffic jam.
1: Remember like two days ago we saw like an actual traffic jam?
0: Yeah. And maybe it was like an accident or something. But I haven't seen traffic piled up like that since before all this started. Or even before because like winter wasn't that busy. I mean this is the Midwest so we don't have like you know traffic jams like you know LA or Chicago but No
1: the traffic jam means there's like a deer carcass the <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but yeah things things are things are weird um I like we we bought a, a new sofa right and they could even though I'd paid for like you know like in-home oh, delivery, delivery. Like they set could up not bring it in to the, the apartment. Yeah. yeah. I had they had to like leave it on the porch and I had to go like take all the packaging and everything off of it. The landlord um, helped you, right? Yeah, I did actually. Um No, the landlord didn't help me get the sofa in, I did that all by myself. I'm I'm uh pretty cool.
1: Big strong weam.
0: Yeah. No, he actually helped me get rid of the old sofa. But um I, I it's just everything's changed and like there's so many different ways we're not interacting now I, I was talking to somebody at work um, this morning and he said that he took his family out over the weekend for uh, you know just like go out to like the trails or whatever and you know have a picnic and he said it was just jam-packed with people and it's sort of like it almost defeats the purpose then it's like people are just finding ways to be like way too close to each other
1: I appreciate the little stickers at like grocery stores and pharmacies that says, yeah. "Okay, you're next in line, so I'll stand here." And then the person's like three or something feet in front of you or in back of you. Yeah, and it's little things like that that are really helping people be mindful of like how things should be.
0: It's nice, and and it you know I, I actually I'm um, even though there's a lot of terrible uh, stuff going on, um, I'm sort of uh, impressed with how much people are actually like sticking to the rules and. Um, at least attempting to do the right thing. I mean, you've got your your, your 1 in 10, 1 in 5 garbage person, but um, it does seem like the majority of people are are trying to do the right thing.
1: Uh, Tell me a story that you've seen yourself or heard about that you want someone to – you want to share that's either horrible or kind of great.
0: Did I I tell you about the time I went to – uh, pick a, up a coffee like Caribou, right? Like, no, tell and, me about like, it. And a bagel. No, tell me and, about um, it. And um, I uh, I got to the window, and the lady told me that the people in front of me had paid my paid my bill. Oh! So I said, "Well, pay the person behind me then." And, yes. And um, they, they waved at me as we drove. Well, I thought that was cool.
1: That's you nice.
0: Know, pa- passing on the the good vibes there.
1: A little of kindness as a treat during I'm, the pandemic.
0: You know, I'm I'm I'm. I'm pretty positive through this but I am very very lucky and that I still have a job, I get to work from home, you know, I make more than enough to pay the bills, you know. Mm-hmm. Life's okay. I just keep thinking about like, you know, when I was like either a hotel worker or like a front desk clerk or you know, like working in shipping or something. Um, if I had gotten my hours either reduced or eliminated entirely, which would, you know, very likely happen in this situation, what do you do? Because when you live paycheck to paycheck, you can't even afford a single day off. I mean, it's why people don't take sick days, because even one day off me, might mean you don't pay the rent. Um, when I was, I, I, there was a point in my life where I was working seven days a week, seven days a week without a break, because even only working six days a week meant I couldn't pay my bills. Um, that's especially the thing I keep thinking about with people with multiple jobs, right? Yeah.
1: You,
0: you, even if they manage to retain one, right? They mm-hmm. had multiple jobs for a reason. Mm-hmm. And what are people going to do? It, you know, we're – there's no, like, moratorium on rent. Even though they were talking about stuff like, you know, deferred mortgage payments and stuff, there's going to be a balloon payment, Right. Let's say that you're really really lucky and you somehow manage to live in a metro area with only only like you know nine hundred dollars a month rent that would be actually considered really good for a one or two bedroom apartment near a major metro area but like you you can only afford that because like most of your paycheck goes to like rent and bills right and that's just the cost of living in uh, a bigger town i know that like i'm using nine hundred dollars and like Anybody who might be listening in New York or, you know, San Francisco like, yeah, okay, that'll get me through a week. Um, But like, l- let's just take that as like the low bar for like a Midwestern town, like, you know, Minneapolis. And okay, cool. Well, let's say that your landlord actually does give you a couple of months off rent, like a couple of months break on rent until, you know, things blow over, you get your job back, whatever. Well, for a person that's already living paycheck to paycheck, right? Okay, so... This month's rent gets put on hold. Next month's rent gets put on hold. And maybe maybe not the month after. But it might mean that, okay, you don't owe for May or June. So your first rent payment is going to come in July. Then July, you're going to owe, what, $2,700? Nobody who works at those wages, especially if they got their hours reduced, is going to be able to afford a twenty seven hundred dollars rent bill, so it doesn't matter if you put rent on hold or you know pause mortgage payments, unless you are canceling it, like just giving those months for free. You are just you are just pushing a really big problem down the road um, that's going to catch up with us, you know, come summer.
1: So we were talking about a little bit of how it's um, affecting people personally, um, economically. Um, Can you tell me a little more about um, how how things have gotten good or bad as far as buying buying things and how um, panic buying has gone?
0: Worried customers have been snapping up everything in sight. Store shelves nationwide are dwindling or totally empty, like at this Target near Washington, D.C. I can't believe what people are doing inside. Shelves are empty. It's like we're going
2: to... Out of nowhere
0: yeah so that's been that's been interesting right because like when we when this first started like toilet paper immediately got wiped off the shelves yep no pun intended
1: right. um, but
0: other things too like um, like dishwashing gel. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, like the little pods were still around, but like the gel was gone. Yeah. Um. Uh, like personal hygiene items, a lot of people were buying. Oh God, like di- just dish soap, just regular like plain old dish soap. Um. Uh, in some cases, like uh, like body wash was getting sold out. Um. It seems to have normalized a little bit. Oh, food too. Food was another one, right?
1: Yeah, is well, a yeah, big?
0: We saw like and over and over, and I think we're still seeing it even now. Though I feel like it's gotten better. It's like bread. Everybody's just buying up all the bread.
1: Bread, pasta, milk, rice. eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yogurt. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Whatever.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Um, for cereal.
0: hmm
1: Peanut butter.
0: Yeah. Peanut butter. Staples, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, funny enough, I remember when this first started that um. Diapers and baby products were not wiped off the shelves,
0: which is really interesting, right? Yeah. Because practically speaking, right? If you if you have it in your head that like there's an apocalypse coming, you got to hunker down in place, you know, you're not gonna be able to go to a store for some reason. Mm-hmm. That's a that's the thing that people have in mind is somehow they're not gonna be able to go to a store, or whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Buy the things that really matter. Okay, toilet paper, I guess. But trash bags, right? Trash you don't. Bags. Wanna, you, you don't want to live in a place without trash bags. Um, if you have a baby, my God, you, you take as many diapers as you possibly can because those things store for a while, right?
1: Yeah. If you know, okay, if food's running low and you're a new mother mm-hmm. with a baby, you need to get as much formula as you can to make milk for that baby. Right. Uh, especially um, if there's no way for you to make it otherwise. Because soon, um, formula can keep for a while, but yeah. who knows how long you'll have fresh food.
0: Um, other things too, like I, maybe I just haven't been looking, but I feel like staple staples, like flour and rice, those kinds of things have been stocked. I don't know if I've seen those wiped out.
1: I've seen um, certain types of rice and flour stocked, but yeah. just not popular ones.
0: Yeah. Um, Maybe it, maybe part of it's just because we've kind of gotten to – I don't want to be all like, oh, we live in a society kind of guy. But like um, especially in the United States, we don't cook for ourselves as much yeah um, as maybe other cultures do. And um, people, you know, aren't used to buying – things for themselves that actually um, I heard an interesting anecdote that um, like vegetables right now are like rotting in the field because the vast majority of vegetables get sold to restaurants right not personal buyers people as they're cooking at home or buying like frozen foods and stuff like that they aren't buying like fresh vegetables and it doesn't really matter anyway because I mean this kind of gets in the nuance of it but like you know commercial production can't be instantly refactored for Uh, personal use right Um, so there isn't like the distribution network if you're normally distributing to like for commercial purposes to like get this stuff onto like regular shelves Um, that's been part of the problem with toilet paper right toilet paper part of it was panic buying yeah. Mm -hmm. and panic buying also like leads to more panic buying because like even you and I have been like maybe we need to buy more toilet paper because there's not going to be toilet paper on the shelves it's like the minute you see it you gotta buy a pack because who knows when it's gonna be stocked again
1: Okay. Can I, can I insert something here? Uh-huh. Okay. I, I want to say that, yes, um, panic buying is infectious. When you see other people getting a little skittish, it makes you a little skittish. Yeah. Because uh, it's really hard not to do. But I want to say... That the, t- the one time we were going out for groceries, mm-hmm. and I, w- I was like, huh, we need toilet paper. And we went to three different stores and couldn't find any. Yeah. It's because I genuinely thought we needed toilet well, paper. We did, that was
0: the thing. We did need toilet paper. But...
1: <laughs> we didn't find any.
0: Uh, but, that, but the thing is, though, and this, this is an interesting thing that I learned, is that um, it, it, part of it's panic buying, and that kind of starts the problem. But the other problem is that... People are using like something like 40 or 50 percent more toilet paper because everybody's home all of a sudden. Nobody's going to the bathroom at work. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all that commercial toilet paper is just sitting around with nowhere to go. Right. Because it's not made for like personal use. It's like these giant rolls of like really garbage ply stuff. And um, so they don't have a way to like get it onto like store shelves. And so, but the other thing is, uh, toilet paper is really big and really cheap. So it costs a lot of money to ship and you don't get a whole lot of profit off of it. So it's, the engineering process is like really, really finely tuned to generate as much profit as possible, meaning it takes a while to like up production of toilet paper Mm -hmm. because toilet paper use normally doesn't go up or down. It stays the same. Everybody (laughs) poops. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody keeps pooping, and that's just that. But all of a sudden now you have this massive increase in personal toilet paper use that was just not planned for. Because how could they have planned for it? No. So, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. So, uh,
1: Can I say something? Um, I want to thank all the people for calming down those who have and and who have stopped panic buying yep. because the amount of food waste that has been thrown away from them oh is depressing it is depressing uh, four metric tons in the first month of this outbreak
0: well it kind of I mean we already as Americans like waste way too much food as it is and I, this is just exacerbated
1: I, I don't want to go into it I just wanted to thank you guys for calming down a little bit Um, and I'm just going to Straight – I'm just going to take us into our next our next point, um, number, num- number five. Hmm. Um, hospitals and healthcare. How is the healthcare system doing?
0: I think not great. I mean, I don't have any personal friends who are doctors or nurses, but I am an avid consumer of news for better or worse, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where we don't see how bad it is because we don't work in it every day. But, you know – like, the the stories that I've seen from, like, nurses and doctors are talking about how it is basically, like, a combat zone in major hospitals. It
1: was like a war zone. So all of a the sudden, there were so many patients. Everybody needed medications. Everybody needed treatment.
2: We had uh, 70 staff within a week
0: that were out. Mm-hmm. Where you have people with in beds with no room to be in because everything is overflowing they're way over capacity people are dying left and right and they have nowhere to put the bodies i mean and nobody has enough equipment to do anything nobody has enough uh you know we're like respirators to put people on so people are just dying part of the thing with respirators um and not to to be too blasé about it is that by the time you get to the point where you need a respirator with this virus you have like a 90 95 percent chance of dying um so respirator at this point is kind of just like prolonging um the thing but it's not even just respirators it's it's masks it's it's you know it's what they call equipment. ppe personal protection equipment right yeah um It's in such short supply and we've had no real way of getting more. The Department of Health and Human Services report this week echoes urgent calls from hospitals for more supplies. One administrator cited a three to six month delay for essential items, including those critical N95 face masks. Um, So you hear talk about people like reusing a disposable mask like for several days on end. which, honestly, at some point kind of defeats the purpose because then that thing becomes so contaminated that you might as well just take it off.
1: It's, yeah, it's no filter. Yeah. Remember that, um, well, no, okay, I want to get into this later. Um, I want to thank all the wonderful men and women out there who are making it possible to um, go out and do the things we're doing and... Who are, you know, in the hospitals, in the clinics, doing their best to take care of those who are sick and who are, you know, as they say, in the trenches, you know, up and close with those who are sick. And they're doing their best to keep themselves uh, safe while keeping others safe.
0: The thing is, and I hope we can I hope we can talk about this. um, We got to stop the heroification of people like this, like nurses and doctors. Yes, they are, they are doing an amazing job, but stop stop it with this hero bullshit, because when you turn someone into a hero, then you then make them expendable. You make them a sacrifice. And these no. are real, real people. No, I'm not saying to your point, because they absolutely should be praised. But what I've seen out there is this whole, like, our heroes need to be given a clap at midnight, like they did in Britain or wherever, where they, like, clapped for the NHS. Everybody clapped for the NHS at, like, midnight or something. It was what? stupid. It's just... It was just really symbolic and like I get it, but like right now, they don't care. What they need is equipment, what they need is supplies. Oh, right? Okay. what I'm saying is like all the symbolic shit, right? Yes. Don't let's not do this thing that we do with like military veterans where they're like, Oh, you're a hero, slapping them on the back and then like, Oh, sorry, we can't pay for your missing leg. Yeah. Um Let's not do that because you ter- when you make someone a hero you turn them into an other, right? Yeah. And you turn them into someone who sacrifices themselves for the greater good. But here's the thing, n- n- doctors and nurses and and like, you know, medical professionals and, and administrative staff and the people who are cleaning the floors and having to go to these jobs every night that a lot of them don't pay enough, right? No. Um And they're running themselves ragged, and they're human beings. They desperately need help, and they're desperately going to need two things. First of all, they're going to need time off after this.
1: Give them money. They're
0: going to need mental rest. They're going to need more money, and they're going to need, like, therapy, honestly, because what they're going through right now is going to give them PTSD for the rest of their life. Don't do the hero shit. Don't order them a bunch of pizzas, right? That's not what they need. They need better help than that, and they need a recognition of the fact that um, they are human beings who are going through a really horrible ordeal, and we need to do whatever we can for them.
1: Well, was it stay home so they can go home?
0: Yeah, for God's sake. That's the thing. It's like...
1: (sighs) Politicians and things are very eager to get the economy going again, and they're encouraging people to go out to new baseball games and some... Theaters that have been secretly being open,
0: reopen Georgia and reopen Missouri. I heard. Yeah, and and
1: beaches and things like that. Jersey Beach, Jersey whatever, um, was open and it was flooded with people.
0: That's that many more people. They're going to be flooding the hospitals, right? Yeah. That has a direct impact on the problem. Mm -hmm. And I know I think we've talked about this before, but like another impact of it is that people are canceling things like surgery for cancer. Because they're afraid to go to a hospital because they're afraid of catching a virus or because, like, there's just literally no room, right? So this is also having a secondary impact, a corollary impact on, like, human health in general, right? Because it isn't just cancer, right? It's it's like, you know, heart disease. It's all kinds of things that people would go into a hospital for. Now they're not getting a lot of that care, and that's going to have a significant impact.
1: I, I, yeah, one of the babies I take care of, I think I've told you about this, um, uh, this baby has had eight ear infections in like the past f- five, six months. Yep. And before this blew up, um, mom was uh, suggesting little tubes for, for her ears to get um, to get all the gunk out, yeah. to get the infection out. Um, but now that this is blown up, right. it's impossible for her to get this elective surgery that takes 20, 30 minutes for fear of her getting any type of virus or for taking away yeah. precious time surgeons have um, to be, quote unquote, wasted on a baby. Right. Uh, so now this baby's on every antibiotic there is, yeah. and she's miserable and she's uncomfortable, and it's all because um, things are just so tight. Resources are just that tight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or probably how it's, you know, taking resources, like, from the elderly, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Elderly who have a host of, a whole host of other, if you're an elderly person uh, and you're maybe living in your own home or maybe either in a care facility or, like, you know, I don't know, some sort of shared living situation, um, maybe you don't have the virus, but Mm -hmm. you have other health issues, right, that you would normally, like, go in for regular visits Mm -hmm. for. And... Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't go in because you're just exposing yourself to a potentially lethal virus for you, you know, after a certain age. Um, so I, I don't know what the outlay of all this is going to be. But it kind of gets back to the point of like, you know, people going to the beaches and stuff. This is not a binary choice between either having an economy or curing the virus or like, you know, resolving the pandemic. If you just say tomorrow, okay, you know what, Mm, 50, 60,000 deaths, that's a lot. But like, we got to get this economy rolling back again. Everybody go back to work. Okay, first of all, one thing that happens is everybody who was collecting unemployment who was able to stay safely at home because they could collect unemployment now has no choice but to go back to work. It's not just like, a oh, they reopened the state, but I don't feel like going back in kind of thing. No, you really have to if you like, you know, you're dependent on like, I don't know, regular paychecks to pay your bills. But the other thing is the minute everybody starts crowding back together, the pandemic's going to get worse again and probably a lot worse this time, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to end up with the economic situation all over again and probably worse. So this isn't an either or situation. You have to resolve the healthcare crisis because it is directly correlated to the economic crisis. You can't have people going into work sick. Everybody's sick. I mean... I don't know this stuff frustrates me because people like to see it in such black and white turns but it's like no all this stuff has cause and effect right Yeah. Um, So I don't know. We're going to see where it goes. I just have this funny feeling like you're going to see a bunch of states start opening up in the next month or two because they're just tired of it, right? They Just got to get the ball rolling again. And what's going to happen? There's going to be a lull in the summer. And then just like the pandemic of 1918 in fall, it's going to come surging back and it's going to be worse than the spring, which is exactly what happened in 1918. It came back
2: in the fall with more than a vengeance probably
0: 60 to 70 percent of the deaths actually occurred in an incredibly short time of probably about 14 or 15 weeks. It's wild to me the parallels because it's almost like you could just copy and paste all the details over again except like take out the whole World War 1 thing. Actually the World War 1 thing had a big impact because think about it, in 1918 the world wasn't nearly as connected as it is now, right? You didn't have regular commercial flights going between countries, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, so transmission was far less likely. What you did have was hundreds <laughs> of hundreds of thousands of soldiers going between all these major ports of entry because there was war going on. So you could almost use World War I in place of kind of like the global economy that we have now as being the driver. Um, but yeah, there, there's so many parallels and like, ah, did we learn any lessons? It sure doesn't seem like we did. Uh, we're just as unprepared now as we were 100 years ago. The
2: 1918 flu killed 675,000 Americans. 50 to 100 million people died worldwide. And that's equivalent to 225 to 450 million people today. That's Most, incredible. Uh, and the numbers are staggering.
1: I wanna move things to a little bit of a lighter side. Sure. Okay. Now we're gonna talk about um, some funny or um, entertaining things that we've seen on the media
0: what was it um, oh so this this kind of happened early on like back in like february or march but um and i guess this is a little like dark funny haha yes um the minister of health in iran
1: yeah
0: got up um to tell people that the virus wasn't a problem in iran and by the way it, it spoiler alert it, it it's a serious problem iran Um, but hey, their government, much like our government, likes to pretend everything's cool and try to drive the numbers down as much as possible. So it seems better than it is. Um, the next day. So anyway, when he's, when he's like giving a speech saying like everything's fine doing the Baghdad Bob routine, Mm -hmm. um, he's like, he's like starts coughing. And the next day he comes out and he looks miserable and he announces that he has the virus. So the guy up there telling everybody that the virus is no problem comes down with it. Or the with Boris Johnson, the prime minister of uh, the UK, who at first was just like, oh, we're just going to do herd immunity, get everybody in close quarters. And, you know, portion of the population will die, but that's fine. You know, it's a price to be paid. Yeah, Boris Johnson is... He's great. Um, he comes down with a virus, and he goes into intensive care. It was so bad. And then comes out all sheep sheepdog-like, tail between his legs, like, man, this is a serious problem.
1: This it's might like, be a serious problem. We might need to do a little more to prevent it.
0: I have a little thing. By the time you get to that age, like, you know, I don't know how old he is, but, you know, old enough to be the prime minister of the U.K., Maybe you should be a better person who, like, can learn lessons without having to experience them directly or can experience empathy without having to go through the exact same circumstances as the other person. Just oh, my God, thought. him. Oh, my yeah. God, him. Yeah, Boris Johnson. Is, he's
1: 55. He's a
0: pile of work.
1: He's, that is, he is old.
0: Yeah, he yeah. F- no yeah 55 much. is so old. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. His age is not old, but he looks withered.
0: Oh, he looks ragged. Oh, yeah. he's, he, he, he didn't look so great.
1: OK, um, one more thing I definitely want to bring up. Um, oh, wait,
0: wait, 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 sorry. Before you get to that, the my other, my other funny thing is these protests that people have been doing yeah. where they're like going and dressing their American flag uniforms and carrying big old guns and waving signs that say, you know, reopen our salons and shit. First of all, fuck you. Seriously, fuck you.
1: Say that one more time for me.
0: Fuck you go home shut the fuck up
1: time for our state to be opened up we're tired of not being able to buy the things that we need go to the hairdressers get our hair done it's time to open up
0: second of all sorry this makes me angry second of all they're not protesting for the right for them to go back to work they're protesting for the right for For other other people. people to go back to work for them so fuck you karen and your fucking $50,000 GMC Sierra, whatever the shit, nobody cares.
1: With your stupid Gucci glasses. With
0: your stupid Gucci glasses, who gets to sit at home right now, but is upset because you can't get your hair done. Your hair And dang. you want your, you know, $9 an hour plus tips stylist to go back to work and risk literal fucking death. So, so you can get your hair done, shove it up your ass, okay? Second of all... Why are people bringing guns to a protest about reopening businesses? Are you going to shoot the virus? Like, is your penis that small? (laughs) Is it that small? I got to know. I want pictures. Please send me dick pics. (laughs) I'd love to see it because I will post it on Twitter. Twitter allows it. Uh, Remember, Um, that's at pod is dead. It's at pod is dead. Show me how small your penis is and then show me a picture of you protesting with your oversized Gun that you probably don't even know how to use properly because you didn't actually have real training for it, but you use it because it's a fun toy that makes you feel good about yourself because you lack a personality or like uh, any kind of premise as a human being. Um,
1: There are poor medical students who are graduating four or five months early so they can join the workforce prematurely to- risk
0: their lives-
1: For us. For you. Um, so that you can say that it's important for you to eat an ice cream cone inside the Baskin-Robbins.
0: First of all, the economy is is an illusion. It is not the thing that you think it is. It's uh, economists. It's about as valid as astrology, and I'm sorry, but I don't care. Economists are largely people who, and if you're an economist, I'm sorry, I know that there's some good ones out there, but a lot of the ones that I see on TV are just like prognosticators waving their hands and talking about the future that they know nothing about, right? Uh, The economy doesn't matter in the face of human life, right? And if you say, well, we've got to reopen the economy because lives are at risk. If we don't, then maybe that should make you think a little more strongly about how we have a system by which if people don't get up every day and go to their minimum wage jobs they can literally die because they don't have adequate access to health care and they don't have enough money to sustain a healthy life maybe we should think about that
1: they could be evicted they it could mean the uh, the difference between keeping or losing their child
0: how many how many hom- homeless are we gonna have how many um how many shelters are going to be overrun um, how many how, how's the foster system going to be impacted by this? Oh, my goodness. Um, I know I'm kind of rambling here. There's just so many things to touch on, and they all make me so mad.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring it down. We're going to do something we've never done before, and we're going to bring in our very first guest. All right. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, This guy is a person I've known since high school, and he's going to come in, and he's going to give us his, his opinion on a couple of things. Cool. All right. Here we go. Let me get him on the horn. Hello. Hey, welcome to Pot is Dead.
2: Oh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so hello everyone. Um, my name is uh, Edgar Hernandez. I, uh, I studied um, bioengineering at UC Berkeley. I think that's, that's relevant.
1: Right now, there's a lot of people who are saying, we need to reopen the economy, doesn't matter what it takes, because otherwise people are going to um, have no money to sustain themselves. On the other hand, we risk people getting infected and spreading the disease if we were to reopen and make things more public again. Tell us what you think about that. Of course.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Um, this is where, like, I think this is where America uniquely stands, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: in my opinion, and, and it's not just my opinion, but also, like, the research I've read is that if we open up the government or... Not just the government, but you know, go back to normal, right? Um, we just expose all kinds of people to the virus, right? Right. And there's a lot of people that say that's good because that means that the virus will end and there won't be no more virus because everybody's going to get infected, right? Right. That's, I, I have uh, some people in my life that said that, that we should just let the virus run its course. Um, by definition, that means everybody's going to get it, so that means you don't have to worry about it. But that's not the point we're saying here. The point is is that if everybody gets it, that means that everybody gets it. Everybody goes to the hospital, and there's not enough resources at a hospital to take care of a whole town.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it makes no sense to open the government because, I don't know, people want a haircut or something, right? It's not fair to the people who are on the front lines who are – Really getting exposed to this, not out of their own choice, right? They're doctors, nurses, people who have their own families that, right, are going to get hurt by this, and they are getting hurt. So that's why it's uh, people are not thinking big picture when they say, um, "Open the government now," because people are hungry um, now. And you know what? I'll say, the government should have prepared for this more, and and um, and they had, and there's certain people who just said this uh, time to prepare so i I don't want to go on to the discussion of like something else but Mm -hmm. i would say the people who are um before i go on that path i would just end right now with um yeah the government should recognize and tell the people that we're doing this for your protection not for like you know to damage everybody because like we're all hurting Everybody's hurting because of this, and if we open it up, we're gonna hurt even more. We were just
1: saying about how the Florida governor senator um, broke her own quarantine rules to get her nails done.
2: Mm.
0: Or did you no, see I how think, Mike um, Mike Pence, the vice president, went to go visit a hospital with uh, coronavirus victims, and he was the only one in the room who didn't wear a mask? <laughs> I saw that. I, I, I saw, saw it. a tweet. I saw a tweet that somebody said, "Well, of course he couldn't wear a mask because, like, it might be a woman and he might accidentally kiss it."
2: <laughs> something some, something <laughs> something you'd like no, to be well, careful remember like this guy has his wife that calls mom you know yeah
0: like, <laughs> <his> mother
1: <laughs>
0: God so help us. watch out with that guy so like right no. but you're right i you know what here's my
2: pet peeve of, of the biggest thing is um this weird concept of um maybe you guys talked about it on the show or, or heard about it is the idea of a Mexi- uh, mexican American exceptionalism. Except- yeah. Exceptionalism, right? Yeah. I can't even say it right. The idea that America is is invincible. And I think that's why people are not treating this thing as serious
0: as they should. Yeah, it can't touch us. Yeah. Right? Because it just can't, because we're ordained by God. And empty hammer. We're the ultimate country. And yeah. um, we'll just, you know, whatever, whatever. We'll do what we want. We'll do what we want.
2: Yeah. Trump is right. yeah, the second coming. Yeah. And I, and I,
0: and we are and the Cartman of countries. Con-
2: <laughs> yeah, no. I'll say that um, you guys were saying is that people have tied the God and state together. This is what our founding fathers yeah. not wanted to happen, and it's happening. It's like um, is is people are not preparing um, for this stuff, and they're not treating this seriously because, like you guys said, we're ordained by God. So we're who's going to touch us?
0: when yeah. We're ordained by God. God wouldn't let this happen to us. We're we're the chosen. There you go. Yep.
1: No, no, no. What you don't understand is that God doesn't give anything that we're not prepared to, to, to take care of. <laughs> God
0: doesn't give you more than you can handle as, like, you know, 60,000 people are dead. that didn't <laughs> need to be. Um, no, I, w- I would say, like, I think if, it, if
2: this was sent by God, I think it was it would be to humble the American
0: people. Yeah, no kidding.
2: Okay. Because this is quite literally the most humbling experience that Americans have to deal with.
0: Cause Cause I wonder if they're going to learn any something. lesson from it, though, you know?
1: Oh, yes. What Do you think we're going to learn anything from this?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, once the people who did the protests, uh, my grandma says this saying, is that people won't learn until it happens to them.
0: Yeah. Mm. Happens to them. Those people who are protesting are going are to bury their loved one. Yep. There's going to be children that are
1: protesting that they're going to survive it, but they're going to grow up with some, without some grandparents or parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, true.
2: And in two weeks' time... Um, that's how long it takes for the virus to actually appear in our bodies. Yeah. As as physical symptoms, in um, two weeks time, we're going to see the the tide change, and that's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm sad
0: about. Um, can Can um, you tell I, us what it's like over there where you are?
1: Yes, tell us where you are. And on the we, West Coast, uh, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm currently living in San Francisco, and you could see the divisions of like of um, of rich and poor really quickly. Yeah, in San Francisco. And um, I live in a community in which there's a lot of mom and pop shops. And then a couple streets over, there's a really rich community. And then further down towards downtown, you could actually see like the, the tech hub, right, the financial district and things like that. So So people always think like San Francisco's full of just like, well, it is, right quite literally like really rich, powerful people there, right because of the tech. Mm -hmm. but then there's also right the most vulnerable communities there and we're all going to get hit differently right because the people who are still working right they live in these communities that are you know mom and pop shops that are closed so San Francisco has been closed for a long time and um and I've been actually been taking pictures it's a little project of mine It's uh, when I have my daily walks or every so often walks um I'll take pictures of these mom and pop shops that've been closed for more than a month.
0: Oh geez, it's hard to and imagine them it. coming back too. I mean, how do you sustain your business long enough without any income? Mm.
2: And that is where, um, right, San Francisco and places that like, like I—that's where California is leading the country in some ways, uh, because California and, and like, if you think about it. We've been closed for a lot longer than the other like count the states have,
0: right? Yeah. But where are the right? Like we didn't see any protests from the families. Yeah.
2: Who had to close down their their their, their, their stores? Right. right. Like you see the discrepancy here. Like we've been closed down for more than two months now. Or yeah, the order came in March sixteenth. Yeah. Right. Like where are the uh, the families? Most of these are immigrant families that have little small shops. Right, first generation all the way to sixth generation, right? Right.
1: Um,
2: my mother's also been hit. Um, uh, she has, like, a nice, like, little, uh, like, secondhand clothing business um, in uh, South Central Los Angeles. Ooh. And, right, like, she's also hit. Yeah. And so, like, we understand, um, right, that this is not oppression.
0: Like, right. We
2: understand, even though my mother is not science science literate, Right, I had to explain to her what viruses were. Sure, she understands why we want to protect her. We understand why, like it's a serious thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you'd think it'd be so like I, you know, like that make that should make sense to most people that you get a bunch of people crowded together with a virulent strain of something they don't know anything about that a lot of people are going to get it and there's going to be very high death rate. But it seems like. People just aren't getting that through their head. It's like, well, what about me? What about my needs? You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And this is where the, uh, more of the things where I talk with my roommates who, who study this stuff more than I have is the, um, concept of like the, the, the philosophy of American individualism, right? Yeah. Like we're all in here for ourselves.
0: And, right. Every man is an island. Right, like, yeah.
2: Everybody's on their own, right? I, I want my hair cut.
0: Right. <laughs> And be damned like, the consequences that, yeah
2: yeah but like I, I would say that um, I always think about this is that Trump is quite literally what the rest
0: of the world sees America to be yeah mm-hmm she's so, like so condensed America Yeah. by definition we're getting the most American treatment <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah is, uh, is that that deny that it exists and once it exists it's we're we're facing a war, and once we're we're losing this war, is because it's because it's this was an invincible enemy and whatever. Well, and it's like I, I'm I'm afraid they're just going with the route of how about we just pretend we're winning, everything goes back to normal, and even if things get bad again, let's just keep pretending we're winning. Let's just keep pretending that everything's fine.
1: You know, fake it till you make it.
0: Fake yeah. it till you yeah, just that's... don't make it because everybody's dead.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, and I quite literally, I think is so messed up. Is that that Trump might be killing his own base? Yeah. By accident, by by quite literally, because right. he doesn't know enough to like not say these things. It's,
1: yeah. It's, uh, it's all the 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 boomer generation. Yeah. That's getting and older. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, it's it's rough. Yeah, it doesn't make logical sense. You'd think they'd want to keep them as precious and safe as possible because they're a dying breed, but. I, the, the the yeah that strain of like individualism and like i just want to get what i want for me it runs so strong that people are literally talking about their willingness to face death or their willingness to sacrifice others to just continue to have their basic non-essential needs met Um All right. yeah. and it's it's like it's i i don't mean to be um I don't know, but like it's it's like a mental disorder almost. It's like it's the the ideology of it is so strong that it overpowers fact and reason and logic and and life itself. Yeah. I, I think that's that's. I think this is the the highest evolution of ignorance one could say is yeah. Is once
2: once people been been lured to like, um, I don't know, to deny fact itself. Yeah. I I think. Um,
0: Very bra- I think brave, brave new worldish. <laughs>
2: yep. I was just gonna end on the fact that um, is uh that once people like are denying facts, that's like right now like people are saying, um oh, how about this? It's ignorance is killing people because they don't know where to look. They don't know where to get these answers. And yeah. so they only have one source and that's that what propagates their lies that they're being told, right? It's it's I wouldn't blame them. Yeah, right, if it, they actually see the people that are dying then they would know
0: they would change their minds in a second and that source is sort of like giving them the path of least resistance like no it's yeah. all it's all the fake news um, it's just people wanting to keep you down you're big and strong and you know you deserve everything and you know we're going to reopen everything because you know um, that's the American way and mm-hmm. it's like that sounds great to them I guess but um, and it's great because it's also stripped of all like like fact <laughs> the, yeah. the hardship uh, of fact you want to know
2: what's like the worst thing about this uh, before you guys change the subject for me in my head go ahead the last thing i just want to say is that america could have like come out came out come out of this unscathed yeah that's that's the real thing is that we could have done just better things, we would have been fine. There would not be a million people like with the virus.
0: Yesterday, the United States hit a grim milestone in the fight against coronavirus, when it surpassed one million confirmed cases and more than 58,000 deaths, which is now more than the total number of Americans who died in Vietnam. We knew about really? this all the way back in January, and people were talking about how it was going to be a global pandemic all the way back yeah. in January. And apparently, like Trump just skipped those meetings um yeah. because you know why waste your time on that when you could be like golfing or something i don't know right
2: yeah or uh the, or like saving money right um,
0: yeah the that is that is our golden golden god is money and that comes before all else and we will sacrifice as many lives on that altar as we possibly can
1: in Trump's name amen
0: yes hail, <laughs> hail the stock market hail our, our, our fearless leader
2: yeah the invisible the invis- the, the
0: the the real god yeah the stock it, it is almost yeah. literally the golden calf. We are wandering yeah. around in the desert and worshiping a golden calf.
2: We'll make a god for us.
1: A god of gold. A golden
2: calf! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh. That's a good way to put it. This is like uh, the Game of Thrones, right? This is like yeah. an analogy. Not, not, not like a situation of Game of Thrones. Yeah. We're warning you that the death... The White Walkers are coming. Yeah. <laughs> are, right. And you guys are like, no.
0: And, like, literally, all you have to do to avoid the White Walkers is stay inside. Your walls yeah. will protect you. Stay away from other people.
1: Sit on your ass. <sighs> yeah. And, no, people just
2: want, you know, their liberties. And this is give me liberty or give me death. And,.
0: Sure the thing not, is, it's, it's, not the even, liberty it's not even it's not even true choice. liberty, like the liberty to what go work a 40 hour a week job that you hate the liberty to um, have uh, different kinds of uh, personal services that you don't necessarily need available to you at any given time. That's the, we've 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 labeled that as freedom. Right. Because we live in a capitalist society where, you know, the things you can buy, the more you can buy, the more freedom you have. Right. And it's like, but you're still free. You can still walk outside. You can still, you know, take a walk in the woods. You can, um, you know, go for a drive. No one is putting you in chains. You're not even really giving up liberties, you know, (laughs) that's the thing but i would say but i would say this i would say this is the other
2: side of that coin right you're right where is the people who are um like for example there's those the people who want their hair cut but then there's also the people that are financially struggling to this and i think um i think we're ignoring one side like i think there's people who deserve to be listened to which is like the government's not doing enough to protect these people
0: yeah and I would say that, thats you're right, like, I think the people who are
1: saying, give me liberty or give me, you know, Baskin Robbins, <laughs> those people are screwing up the
2: movement for the people who really need it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I would say that's the other sadder part of the coin, is that um, because we're scoffing and laughing at the Baskin Robbins
0: person, Yeah. we are not paying attention to the real issues, yeah. and that's the sadder part, so it's, it's kind of like... Um, they have yeah. but twenty one flavors to give for their country.
2: <laughs> Thirty
0: one. Oh, sorry. Oh,
2: but you're right. Yeah, this is a thank you for yeah. for yeah asking me these questions. This is a heck of a conversation.
1: Thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, I appreciate spe- it. Special first guest, and, and we hope we can have you back sometime. Yeah, it's
0: pretty exciting. Thank
2: you guys for having me on the show. Oh, happy, happy to Yeah, to be
0: here. thanks very much.
1: Uh, say say bye to your mom.
2: Bye, mama.
0: <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs>
1: bye, sweetie. See you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, to wrap it up here with us, um, I want to ask you the same question. Um, do you think we're going to learn from this? What do you think is going to happen? But most importantly, um, where do you think we're going to be? Where do you think is going to happen from here?
0: Um, the, the answer to both of those questions is I don't know. The second answer to that is I have all kinds of opinions uh, which are completely biased and uneducated, but I'll say them anyway because it's America. America. Um America! So, I uh, I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic, I really am. And I think that some pieces of this generation will learn some things. What they'll learn, I'm not sure. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways that I really hope that people come away with is health insurance should not be tied to your job. It doesn't make any sense, but we've lived with it for so long in this country that we just assume that that's normal. And it's not. People in the biggest health crisis we've had in 100 years are losing their job, which means they're losing their insurance, which means they're losing their ability to take care of their health during the worst health crisis we've had in 100 years. It doesn't follow. Um, that's something that I hope people take away and I hope it moves us towards some sort of like nationalized healthcare system, but this is the United States and I really don't know. And I'm not that optimistic because we're incredibly stubborn and for every one person out there who takes something positive away from this or, or learns the right lesson, there's going to be 10 other MAGA shitheads on the beach spitting in each other's eyeballs saying yeah we beat this thing and are never going to learn shit and they're going to they're going to be on their deathbeds with coronavirus and they're still going to call it fake news so i don't know i really don't know um and what what could change um, that's also a huge unknown because there's so many different factors, right? Mm-hmm. Could it change our healthcare system? Uh, probably not. It's way too profitable for certain industries. Um, in fact, it may even get worse. I don't know. Um, will Will these jobs come back? I mean, some of them, yeah. Not all of them, though. And I think this is economically going to have a lasting impact. They're talking about a great depression. It's sort of not exactly like a depression because, like, the root causes aren't economic. It's an outside source that's causing these issues. But who knows? Because jobs don't just magically reappear once they're gone. Um, and other than that, I don't know. I'm sure it'll have some sort of impact on the election. I don't know which way it's going to go. I really don't. I still think it's 50-50 at this point. I need um, I honestly think Trump could have absolutely, absolutely secured his reelection if he'd actually just done some of the right things, just some of the right things. Um, but he literally did everything wrong you could possibly do. When you say me, I didn't do it. Uh, we have a group of people. I could I could ask perhaps
2: by administration, but I could perhaps ask uh, Tony about that because uh, I don't know anything about it.
0: Uh, anyway, that's a whole other point. Um, what the outlay is, I don't know. But I do think it is going to have a lasting impact um, on our society, on our economy, um, which I called fake news earlier <laughs> in the podcast. I have opinions about the economy. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, how we transact business, um, how we, I think a lot of people are going to have PTSD from this. I really do because they're not used to this kind of, um, globalized trauma and made their own personal experiences are going to cause them grief um there's a lot of bodies to bury um there's gonna be um a chunk of the older generation that's gonna be wiped out maybe not a significant chunk but enough to make a lasting impact what that impact is again i don't know but where we go from here you know
1: okay i just everything he said but in a female voice (laughs) (laughs) i can do that too if you want (laughs) i want to take a second to be a little positive I want us to maybe reflect and say, maybe isn't it just all about me? Maybe there's someone um, that needs a a little more than me. And I want to live in a world where everybody suddenly flips a switch and decides to care about one another. I don't know. Probably won't happen. But I want to believe that people are going to start thinking about more than just themselves. I hope so. And that... If if we learn anything from this is to just follow a few simple directions, if anything, okay? Um, If you need a break and you know other people need a break and you could provide them that break, maybe do it. Um, What else? I just, I, keep your baby safe out there, please. Um, Wash your hands, cover your mouth. If you're feeling sick, stay home. There are so many people that could wish they could have a couple of days off, and now that you have the days off, you're not taking them? Stay home. Do nothing. The government wants you to stay home. Just stay home. It's that easy. And that's that's all I have to say. But I, I'm just... God damn it. I'm hoping for the best for this
0: yeah I, I hope hope for the best but you know prepare for the worst I guess yeah I don't know um I, I hey mate here here's a positive um maybe a lot more companies will start to take uh, work from home seriously um I hope it changes the work culture mm-hmm. as far as like um jobs that can do work from home I hope more do mm-hmm. um you know the building where I would be working mm-hmm. yeah were it not for this it probably cost the company. 10 20 million dollars um or more to like operate uh, to i mean to, to build operate um and that's a just a a lot of money they could be saving if they didn't um have to have everybody in the office so i don't know that's that's my one positive takeaway i guess
1: oh um, give essential workers a break not just i mean like give them a day or off yeah, or two. give I them mean,
0: a month off man
1: not only that but if you see them like in the aisles restocking them be nice. Yeah. Okay. They're- we know
0: you're stressed out, but don't, for the love of God, don't take it out on the people who have to be out there. We know you don't want to be out there. Don't take your shit out on the people who have to, who are working at wages that you could not live on to serve you. Okay. Respect them. Treat them like you would the troops, which you know you respect so much. Don't be a Karen. Don't be a Karen, and don't be a Brad. That's my, that's my male karen name. kyle don't be don't be a kyle <laughs> okay sorry brads and kyle's i'm sure there's a couple of good ones out there.
1: i'm not sorry karen
0: you know you know that's legal name changes are available sorry
1: <laughs> okay is that it
0: yeah i think that we're gonna wrap it up here yeah um that was good
1: um thank you guys for listening um stay safe out there
0: and um uh hopefully maybe next podcast we'll have more positive news to share
1: i'd like it to be a p- more positive episode
0: i'm i want to end with um the a childhood chant from 1918 when the pandemic was going wrong, Do it. around school kids would they had this chant it went um i had a little bird and its name was enza i opened the window and influenza
1: oh god <laughs> i love it I love it. that's fantastic
0: all right, we'll see you next time. Bye!
1: Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people.
2: You're your car. We're not sick! It's fixed. figuring us out faster than we're figuring it out. It's mutated.